0: Welcome to the Doctors on Social Media Podcast. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Doctors on Social Media Podcast. We call ourselves Somy Docs for short. Here in this show, we bring you today's most interesting content and we dissect it together. Somedox is looking to create unique buzz and excitement within the field of healthcare, and to showcase the movers and shakers who are making a difference today. Our episodes are available in both visual recordings and audio format, so you can soak us up through whichever medium fits best. Don't forget to give us a shout out online or share what you love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Social Dissections, Social dissections is where we take a standout social media post and we dissect it together. And on this episode, we have with us Dr. Crystal Ravai Sadiatis. And it took me a while to get to pronounce that correctly. And so I hope that I I hit the mark there. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself and, of course, say your name properly for us?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I am Crystal Ray Um, I am a board-certified pediatrician. Um, about 11 years ago, I transitioned to a non-clinical career in managed care. Uh, and then about four years ago, I certified as a life coach. And so currently, I work as the associate chief medical officer for a health plan that is based out of my home state of Illinois, and I also coach neurodiverse physicians.
0: Okay, wonderful and wonderfully succinct, so I do appreciate that. And as we do on every episode of this show, we are now going to immediately turn to the post that started this all, the post that was identified by our team as shareworthy here on the show and dissectable. So let's move over to, in this case, LinkedIn. And uh, Dr. Seditis agreed to read the post in her own voice. So here we go. It's time to suck at something. Here's the thing
1: about New Year's resolutions those resolutions often mean doing something we're not very skilled at. As a high achieving smart physician, we're not super comfortable with sucking at something. For my docs who identify as neurodiverse, you may have been trained or programmed to actively avoid things you struggle with. In this blog post, I use my recent experience of sucking at bar to remind myself that it's okay to suck at something. In fact, it may be good to suck for a while. Read my struggle of resilience and finding growth
0: in the struggle. All right, thank you for reading that. And let's now unshare the screen. All right, so I'm going to read the official definition of sucking uh, as used in the context of what you posted. And that definition is being very bad, disagreeable, or disgusting. You made it official by calling out 2024 as a time to suck at something. Some who are listening may have a hard time wrapping their heads around that concept. And yet, it drew us in. So can you explain why you are asking us to suck? Yeah, because... As physicians,
1: um, and I assume most people listening to this are physicians, um, we are not very comfortable at doing things that we're not very good at. But the truth is that it is in the, we grow when we overcome hardships. By being resilient and continuing to work at something that we are not skilled at, that is where there is real growth.
0: Great answer. And we are going to continue down that post where you referred to neurodiverse. I am certain that there are people listening and even doctors that are listening that are just not familiar with this term. And I know from a SoMeDocs perspective, you use it a lot because you've written articles about neurodiversity um, and you have... Uh, Pitched lectures about neurodiversity. Can you tell all of us more about what this means? Yeah. So the actual definition of neurodiversity
1: it basically means that all brains are on the spectrum of normal. Um, we all have areas where we excel at and where we suck at, and that's all normal. What we What has it has come to mean in the modern day vernacular, generally it refers to people who have a neurodevelopmental or other learning neurodevelopmental diagnosis or other learning difference. So somebody with ADHD, dyslexia, autism will often refer to themselves as
0: neurodiverse. But do you approach someone with let's say a diagnosis of adhd versus a diagnosis with autism would you approach them in the same way because they fit under the same underlying generality of neurodiverse or do you um, apply sort of different subset of rules and guidelines in treating them or working with them because uh, they have those specific diagnoses
1: Yeah, so I don't treat I don't treat them because when they come to me as a coach, um, I'm not their physician. So when we work together, when I work together with someone who has either ADHD or autism, it is different. But even amongst people with the same diagnosis, people with ADHD, people with autism, they all have different areas where they have strengths and they have different areas where they have challenges. So whereas one person with ADHD might come to me because they're trying to um, get out of work on time and be more present with their children. Another person with ADHD might come to me because they have failed their boards and they're looking for some strategies in order to um, study some executive functioning strategies so that they can study and retain the information so that they can pass their boards.
0: That's great. Now, do you require them to have a diagnosis within the neurodiversity spectrum or by saying that neurodiverse um, is kind of equating us all because we're all good in some things and bad in some things, um, they don't need a a specific diagnosis?
1: For physicians, generally not. I mean, the the truth is that, well, my opinion is that all physicians um, are likely intellectually gifted. You have to be cognitively gifted in order to be able to get through the rigors of medical education and training. Giftedness in and of itself is under that rubric of what we now consider neurodiverse. So in reality, any physician can come to me, and especially if they're having issues around, being kind of an outlier intellectually, then I'm happy to to help them and and coach them as well as other as well as other highly intelligent people. Um, it's a little bit easier with physicians because I know that. The same thing with most lawyers are probably gifted because of the rigors that it takes to get through law school. Um, that just makes it easy.
0: Okay this is all very exciting this is all also wonderful of course to hear that there are resources for the individuals that used to struggle so much and 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 be so isolated in that really arduous journey to becoming a physician. And and you and I both know this because we have both earned medical degrees. Now, back to that wonderful post, we had Grace Torres Hodges, DPM, MBA comment underneath, and I'm going to read her comment. This reminds me of a phrase that, quote, your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness, quote. The ability to realize that we are all works in progress and that we are allowed to suck at things is critical to continuing our growth along life's journey. Now, would you agree with her assessment? Oh, completely, completely.
1: As I said earlier, like there's so much growth in
0: persevering at something that you suck at. That's such an interesting concept for me, especially as we sort of dabble into the unknown as physicians with SOMEDocs, especially. All of us are trying to really uh, reach out and learn new things, um, and you know, market ourselves and our thought leadership abilities. and And a lot of docs are struggling in doing this. So that's interesting that you do believe in the growth of of you know the growth that's involved there even if we're not good at that absolutely absolutely now do you believe that the, by the way your light went off how interesting is that my computer screen behind me oh yeah. there you go okay it helps because it it looks better okay perfect okay. for those listening on podcast they don't really care that's the beauty of the podcast it's about the content and not about the the visuals But just for those listening, we are also a visual um, show. And so you could catch our series on on doctorsonsocialmedia.com. All right. So, do you believe that those of us who struggle make better success stories?
1: I think that the way I would put it is that the success is sweeter when you have overcome a struggle to get there. When you have persevered and continued through the hard parts, you know, just like the Docs can tell you, you know, getting over so much around the marketing and the technology and, you know, and all of it, when you find whatever that di- whatever that definition of success is for
0: you, when you get there, it is so much sweeter. So the follow-up to that is is it easier to find success when you've experienced struggles i think you
1: it in some ways yes because you are more likely to reach you're more likely to have reach goals and to have higher and higher goals when failure and sucking at something is not something you avoid you cannot You cannot imagine how far you can go until you've gone beyond your current capabilities,
0: struggled, and overcome them. I really like that because it sort of brings up perspective, right? I mean, if you have experienced that perspective where you're not successful and even more that you're struggling, then when you do reach success... Um, you really can. It, it's more of a stark contrast when you already have been given things, um, and you reach success. Sometimes it's you know not that much different than when you were handed things, and so you know that stark contrast really makes you you know makes us feel that difference. Um, if I may, also I think it's interesting that it's also sort of based on the way that we define success, right? Because I think that um, that some people just strive for much, much higher levels um, of reaching that success. Whereas if you really do kind of take it in baby steps, um, then you reach success quicker and then you have like that next level of success to strive to next. So maybe you're kind yeah. of setting yourself up for more successes rather than just for failure. And you could still be struggling to get there, but you're at least are celebrating those wins. Would you agree sort of with that assessment? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think also
1: when you are willing to struggle, you are willing to, you're willing to continue on and you know that struggle is, is part of success. A lot of people feel like success just means I decided to do something and I did it.
0: I like that so, so much. My husband and I constantly grapple with this with our own children, because as a parent, you want to just reach out and make everything better all of the time. And, you know, we're both intelligent beings that know that. We shouldn't do that, and that sometimes it is about those failures that the that our children will learn from, um, and and they can't always get what they want because that's real life. Like mom and dad are not always going to swoop in and fix things. You got to feel that down that low of not having either been accepted into something or you know feel that social low because otherwise you know if they go out into the real world. And are suddenly like hit on the head with the realities of society and mom and dad aren't there to protect them, then that will be bad. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's
0: hard as a parent. It's it's very hard as a parent, absolutely. But hey, we learn too. That's a struggle. True. <laughs> um, all right. What what was the primary goal of your having shared this particular post on LinkedIn? So the reason I wanted to share it was because. It was such an
1: eye-opening revelation for me. I wanted other people to experience it as well. I mean, I was really, you know, reading the post, I hope I was able to convey that I was like ready to quit. I I was like, this is dumb. Like, this is hard. Why am I doing this? And until I kind of had that aha moment of like, this is hard because you suck at it. And so you need to just keep going. And in that moment, it was literally an aha
0: moment. I was like, "It's like, yeah,
1: you suck." So keep going.
0: And and it's interesting that you say that because I do also. I'm sure that you'll agree with this that sometimes in life it's also okay to quit if we really do feel like we've gotten to a point where it's not serving us well, that struggle is not serving us well, then maybe at that point, it's okay to quit.
1: Yes, absolutely. But that's when you're not quitting because it's hard. You're quitting because it doesn't serve you. Like putting this much, and most people would say like, yeah, I could put a ton of effort into trying to make this a
0: success, but I don't want to anymore. That's okay. So. Moving on to the next question, we have a student section that's coming soon. Now, how does neurodiversity integrate into the student perspective and experience? Oh, it's
1: huge because, you know, that age group is when many people are just really starting to struggle because of their diagnosis or disability. Again, medical students are generally cognitively very gifted. Their intelligence got for many of them, their intelligence got them to where they are. and so they don't they didn't really need to establish good study habits. They didn't need executive functioning to be able to organize their day so that they have enough time to eat and sleep and study. And so when they get to medical school and they're faced with a higher cognitive challenge that they've ever had, before, as well as all the other challenges, that is when um, many often, sort of the, you know, the, the foundation starts to crumble. And um, I do encourage, and I get, I get a lot of questions from parents of adolescent and young adult children. Um, what's the difference now? Like, why should my child get diagnosed now? And I said, you know, knowledge is power. And also it will always, you know, it will always um, qualify you for an accommodation, whether it's a testing accommodation or a workplace accommodation. So for students, if they're even thinking that, you know, maybe I have some dyslexia or some OCD, I do encourage them to seek help. And for the rumors that that, you know, it's gonna impact their academics or, you know, not let them match in the program they want or not get a job that's completely false.
0: All right. Now, what is your favorite LinkedIn topic to see popping up on your feed?
1: Ooh. A curveball in there.
0: Um, now we're always throwing curveballs in here. But- yeah. I love I love the
1: posts that celebrate that celebrate people's like success right especially what like when they've overcome a lot of hardship right the people who talk about being the first gra- first college graduate in their in their family um the the people who you know finally got the advanced degree that they wanted to get so I really really those are so heartwarming and and I love those.
0: Okay, that's great. So we have come to the part of our uh episode of our our show that's called the Shout Out Wheel. All right, do you see the screen? Yes. Great. So this is the directory and then this is these are the filters. So your first step is to pick a specialty from all of the specialties here. Oh, well, let's go with Pediatrics. Fabulous. Let's do pediatrics. And we've narrowed it down to 63 uh, entries. Now, let's niche it down further by scrolling down and picking some of the other filters that you see there, either practice type or outside exam rooms or on social media. Oh,
1: um,
0: let's go with outside exam rooms. Perfect. And in outside exams, you have lectures, writers, coaches, podcasters, YouTubers, speakers, course creators, community organizers.
1: Um, well, considering I'm focusing this
0: year on speaking, let's go with speakers. Fabulous. So let's now have you pick one last thing, uh, either lecturer, writer or on social media um lecture okay perfect so someone who has delivered a lecture on Docs, that's what it means and we will open that up so the shout out of the shout out wheel actually goes to dr allison christie md phd whose quote is fostering diversity and inclusion through open access communication and understanding history so we're going to tag her in the episode and when we do share it across social media, we will tag Dr. Christy and I'm sure that she will be thrilled about it. So awesome. Uh-huh. Thank you for participating. Yeah. All right. So we have come to the end of the episode. Um, so uh, Dr. Sodaitis, I hope I, did I say that right? Yep. That was okay. good. Dr. Sodaitis and I, we would love for you to do us a favor. If you've enjoyed this recording, go to social media, go to your emails, tell everyone uh, that you have enjoyed it. Tell everybody what neurodiversity is and that you heard this great episode on SoMeDocs and tell them to listen to. Thank you so much for being here and bye to everybody. Thank you.